Blog Talk Radio. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? And it's really embarrassing 
And Nick, I was like, Nick, I think I'm finally on beat. And he goes, no, it looks like you're, yeah, I was clapping my hands. I was like, I think I got the beat now. And Nick said, no, it looks like you're spanking a monkey. It sounds like you're spanking a <laughs> 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 Is that the right thing? Yeah, I was spanking a monkey. monkey. Oh, okay, I mean, that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's when you know that you're in bad shape. Which um oh hold on let me find it. Uh we were playing something before the show started. Uh let's see here. Uh Nick wanted me to play. Well, I also agreed that we need to play this. It is the Black Bed Sheet Books official commercial. <laughs> From the publishers of Michael Myers, Forrest J. Ackerman, and Vincent Price. Original blood pump. Heart in your throat. From the number one publisher of its kind. Blackbedsheetsbook.com. Blackbedsheetsbook. Check out our author's book at Blackbedsheetsbook. Blackbedsheetsbook. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. You want the world's best in independent horror fiction. Downwarden.com, Black Bed Sheet Store. Black Bed Sheet! Bed Sheet Books! <laughs> I love it. Black Bed Sheet Books. Yeah, cool. Now, now, Instant oh, classic. <laughs> Terry. Instant classic. <laughs> I, I asked Nick when he made that commercial, I was like, how did you not cough halfway through that? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it grabs you and slaps you in the face for attention, definitely. Well, that's good. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Terry, uh, we're, we're about to bring on Tom. Terry, what are you working on? Because, you know, you <clears throat> are a very muscular guy. You are into total fitness, right? Uh, yeah, somewhat now. Yeah, yeah. It slowed down a little bit, but yeah. I've always been into it. Yeah. So not only, ladies, is he bronze, but he's also brains, but he is taken. So hands off. How, <laughs> I mean, honestly, how do you how do you fit all this in? Oh man, like uh I sometimes don't really. I mean, it's really hard. It's hard. But I don't I don't like to make excuses and you know talk about how little time there is and, and there really is. I mean, we don't have much time and but you just do it. You have to do it. You have to love it. Yeah, and 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 that's that's one thing that I've gotten to know, you know, I've I know Nick and he, I have this little screenplay, and he goes, no, turn it into a book. And he pushes me, and he pushes me, and he's like, you know, do it, do it, do it. But yeah. I have I have this little voice saying, do it, do it. Yeah. How do you, how, I mean, I'm, and Tom, I'm going to ask you this question, too, because, I mean, you've written so many books also, how do you guys get inspired, and when do you say? Because it is a lot of discipline to sit down at your computer and say, "I got to write fifty pages tonight." Uh, 
I got at least got to write three chapters tonight. Oh, I got to come up with this new book idea. It's not easy. I guess you speaking for me, oh, yeah. I, it's not so much how much you write. It's the quality, I guess. I mean, uh, if I write three, four, five, because a lot of times I'll write it, I'll take a legal pad. I'll go to work. I got my full-time gig, and uh, I'll write before we start work, lunchtime, breaks, whatever. And then um, at home in the evening when I'm watching TV, I'll write on a legal pad and then type it up later. Because a lot of times I'm not with my laptop anyway, so it's just easier to keep it together. But um, it's not so much that you do, it's doing how frequently and how, um, like I said, quality. I'll take three or four good writing pages over. 10 or 12 beds I go back and not even use. But uh, yeah. that's for inspiration. Just to give you an example, um, I've got an idea for a book. Uh, somebody had this uh, window sticker on their car, and it said Roadkill. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, that's a title of a book. I'm thinking, okay, how about a car that's running over people, you know, hit and run and running over people, and it turns out it's somebody that's undead. I go, I think I'm going to have to start that in the fall or something. Because, okay, I write that down. I write it down to my ideas. And I'll go, well, I might not get to it now or today or tomorrow, but I'll have it to where I'll write down the details. And But I just seen it the other day and thought, okay, I think I got another book in me there. You know, just that's, you get ideas like actually, that. That's yeah. actually really cool <clears throat> that you said that because I'm going to take you to another aspect of this. Um, we had Basil the Comedian on the mm-hmm. show on several occasions, and, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, how do you come up with these jokes? <laughs> you know, it's it's got to be hard. And, you know, with him it's like three or five minutes. But he said exactly what you just said. you got to take a look around you. And the simplest thing can inspire you to either write a joke or, as you just put it, you can write a horror story. Yep. Yeah, I mean... If you think about it... Like like my book, Whiteout, how I got the idea for that, I was driving to work one day, and I was driving here in Michigan during the wintertime in January, and it was, it was snow and a blizzard, and there was fog. And I could have barely seen it. I thought, if something jumps out in front of me, I'm dead meat in my vehicle. And that's where road whiteout came from. I was wow. just like, you know, I was driving through a bad storm to go in just to go to work. You know, just little things like that. I mean, one of my short stories, I work at the Detroit Zoo full time. And one of my short stories and the thing from Uranus was basically I was watching the keepers and how they take care of the animals and listening to them talk about, you know, what they do with the animals and stuff. And thought, well, what happens if it was a switched around where it was a different kind of animal in an alien zoo you know they just kind you kind of look at things and just look like you said look around and hmm you kind of look at the world kind of askew sometimes but it works you know yeah you get all those terry what do you think Uh, terry what do you think yeah Yeah, definitely definitely the inspiration can just come from anywhere you know any you just every day, whatever's going on in your life and things you see. And sometimes it's subconscious stuff, but, um, yeah, totally, totally. Um, now, Tom, I wanted to kind of ask you something, not to get off track with that, but when you had mentioned how you, if you get an ideal in your head, 
and you you jot it down, you know, for later. Um, mm-hmm. As a as a writer to writer, are you one of those guys who, um, when you start into a book, you uh, do an entire note? You know, you t- you do an outline, you map everything out, you, or do you just kind of go for it? I don't really do an outline, not per se. I don't do an outline, but I'll come up with character names and I'll write them down. I think the name mm-hmm. has to kind of fit the personality of the character in a little ways, and. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll go look up actors and actresses to get, kind of get an idea of a physical description. But I already got, I think I got, usually have the story in my head how I want it to play out. Now, sometimes once in a while, you know, you'll have something, you'll have to write it down to make sure you're going to put that in there. But I really don't do an outline. I just kind of know the story. It's like it's in my head. It's like a movie in my head that kind of know how it's playing out. Okay. Yeah. You know, once in a while, you get a yeah. scene that you didn't expect to get, where you get to a scene in the story, you think, hmm. Oh, I should put this well, in, that's, you know, because that's yeah, uh, that's fun. That's fun when that happens, yeah. isn't it? Because it can take you in a yeah, whole different oh, yeah. direction than you had intended, and you know, yeah, it's uh, that's what I love about writing is that oh, do, spontaneity that happens. Yeah, the story kind of unfolds as you're writing. Yeah, I mean, I, I call it like a movie playing in your head, or you know, a TV show or whatever for a short story. It's just kind of, yep, I know how it is. Now the trick is to put it down on paper, and that's. That's where sometimes mm-hmm. the translation can get, you know. So, but I mean, yeah, I just kind of is in there and, okay, this is how it's point A to point Z or whatever, you know. And, boy, when you're in so, that zone, you can write a ton and it just seems like a few Oh yeah, because you're in the zone, you know. And I hate to pull out of that zone, but reality hits. Yeah, when I did Shadows in the Dark, I, I when I was up north one year deer hunting, um, I started it and I wrote like basically the first eight chapters of the book when I was up deer hunting in the evening, you know, we'd pop a movie in and watch it at night and, you know, have a few adult pops and everything. And then the next year, uh, I was, I had undergone cancer. So I went up, took a four day weekend and went up, I went out opening morning, came in, started writing and I finished the last three, four, five chapters. I think it was. And I didn't go out the next morning. I stayed up to like three. I fell asleep writing, got up, you know, at a certain time, didn't go out that morning. And I finished writing it up until I think I didn't go out till three o'clock that afternoon to, for the evening, the after late afternoon hunt. But by then I had it done. So it was like there's something about when you get in that zone, I just I couldn't stop. I mean, I was like, you know, my son, had to, Dad, you're falling asleep with a pen in your hand, you, you know. Go to bed. Okay. <laughs> you know, but it was like, I think I wore out before I, the inspiration left, you know, that was just, and, and, it's one of those things. Yeah. Once you get in that zone, it's something. Got great story. Pardon? I said, I, and I was going to say, that's when you know that you've got a great story. Like, Oh yeah. How do you feel about that, Terry? What do you think? When you're in that zone, I mean. Yeah, when, when you're in the zone, um, it's just flowing. It really is. It's like accessing, you know, some other, you know, like you've already written it and you're just going and accessing it and just it's flowing out. And uh, like I said, I hate pulling out of the zone, but, you know, you have to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, life gets in the way. For me, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, I sneak down into my uh, – 
writing area when everyone falls asleep and I sacrifice sleep, you know, to, to get the writing in. So, but it's worth it because I, I know people say this all the time, but it really is a labor of love. You, all the it other is. things that come, you know, with it, that's great success or anything that happens, mm-hmm. but it's just, you, you would do it. I mean, even if I was suddenly a multimillionaire, I'd still write, you know? Well, I would too. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I get cranky if I'm not writing much or if I'm having a drought where I can't, where it just ain't happening. I mean, and one thing I do usually for that is I usually go to the bar, have a couple of adult pops, take a legal pad, and sometimes after some alcohol could be, I call it liquid inspiration, but one of the bar owners and people that work there go, geez, I don't know how you do it. You come in here and you leave, we see you're writing after about, you sit there and look at the, you know, look around and think and then you're like, oh, yep, I got it. Okay, I'm going home. I got to finish this. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's it's fluky. It's funny how that. But yeah, if I became a millionaire, I'd be that's I could write full time. You know, that's what I do. Here's 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 my question for you guys, and this is a problem I'm kind of struggling with. I don't want to talk about my book because we're talking about your guys' books. Um, I. I'm, how do you feel if the character is too smart for you? I, you got to rewrite this hmm. character. Well, right, I mean, right. you mean, have you like guys you, ever yeah. felt that? Yeah. Hmm. You yeah. know, it's kind of like misery. Maybe they're, he didn't maybe get they're out of the car. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Like, I mean, are, I, are, I base a lot of my characters yeah. on composites of people I've met or known. You know, kind of, you know, put a couple of similar personalities together, or no, or actually, sometimes I use people, <laughs> their personalities from people that I've known. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. For, for me though, I feel, I mean, I feel really lucky that I kind of started ser- writing seriously when I, you know, during the time when I had the internet and I have all these, mm-hmm. you know, apps and all this access, quick access to research. And, you know, I, oh God, sometimes I go like, how did they do it back then? You know, I have to have my system set up oh. and everything that I'm doing. And when I write like that, maybe, I don't know if you were referring to like maybe a, uh, a, pers- a character's profession that they're not, that I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with, or maybe a lifestyle or something basically just research and then it is yeah you know fiction after all so in the end mm-hmm. right you can uh, that's right yeah see, he, he's my little character and i can just make him however i want to yeah yeah but i mean i had to do research too because like i did a book called suspicious minds and murders that'll be out later this year with another publisher and i had to talk to wow uh, uh, I had to talk to a sheriff's deputy about police procedure and what they do, you know, because basically it involved a murder that, you know, how would you go about, what would you do? And he's an, like an Oakland County sheriff here in Michigan. And, and, you know, he was a detective at one point. And, and I also talked to a Waterford police officer in my hometown and, you know, they gave me some insight into it. And I also had a friend that grad, graduated from high school with as a judge. And I talked to them and how things would go and where it would go to court wise if they're trying it and what their procedure would be who you know and everything and so i had to kind of get an idea of what they did as a job i mean it was kind of that's what took me so long to write it was mostly the research because i had the characters and the yeah. story down i just 
you know, you got to add some believability and real, realism to their professions. Now, like if yeah, I have hey, a question, Francie. like scientifically, I might ask somebody that's in that field. Sorry, hey, Francie, if you ever, you're good, you're true. good. If you ever, uh, you know, like me, sometimes you, you get that insecurity or something while you're writing about a certain character or something or a, a situation, here's a little trick. There's an actual website you can go to, I can't remember it offhand, that uh, someone has actually uh, taken the time to list every mistake Stephen King has made in all of his writings. And it's fun, you know, just to read. It would make you feel better. Does me. Wow. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. That seems kind of petty. I, I, I mean, I God, might have that, to that, look at that. They say it for entertainment. You, 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 you oh, okay. Stephen King and everybody who's on the top of the ladder, and you know, you tell everybody, "Oh, yeah, I had a book published," and they're like, "Well, why are you working this job?" And it's like, I when I worked at Walmart, and they all knew I had a book published. They were like, what are you doing working at Walmart? I'm like, well, it's called Books a Million for a reason. There's a million books out there. And I think with Terry and Tom and all of us, I think I can say, honestly, we don't care really about the money. We just want people to read the work. Am I right? Yeah. It's all about the craft. That and the movie. Yeah, give me money you know, for my craft. You, you want people <laughs> yeah. to read your work. You, you, it's not all about the money. Yeah. Well, plus I had a professional author that had an agent and everything, so it took her nine books. On average, it takes you nine books before you really can make a mark. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, okay, I got 10 or 11 now, but yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's fine. I mean, but it, as she said before, she got some recognition and some money that really it took her nine books and the hard work with her publisher and agent and everything. So it's like, okay, you know, that's fine. I mean, you get you got to love what you do, though. So I yeah. mean, it right. shows if you don't. And there, and there we go back to the first question: it's determination, just. Consistency yeah. and, and doing it, just doing it. Yeah. And and I pushing mean, it. Like on social media right now, it's like exactly, Tom, we're going to ask you about your book a lot. Um, it, I, okay. I was going to make a little joke about your aimness. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Okay, okay. I had to go. That's fine. That's okay. That's cool. <laughs> you no, know, no, um, no. That's no, no. You know, just to be playful, because no, I fine. know that's... that you can make jokes. Wait, wait. To well, be yeah, playful. No, actually, Nick is, is actually really what? proud of this book, <laughs> and he no, loves you know. this book, and. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Nick really likes this book, and he was showing me, like, 
Photoshop upon Photoshop upon Photoshop of the book cover, and I'm like, ah. So tell us about the book. Well, I thought, you know, I love horror, but I also love science fiction, and some of the best stuff I've read was, I mean, I think science fiction is kind of the, you know, stepbrother or cousin to horror in a lot of ways. I think some of the best science fiction has horror elements. I mean, I grew up, I mean, as a kid, I loved the, the movie Them, Thing from Another World, War of the Worlds, Godzilla, um, all those movies. I mean, in fact, I think I like science fiction as much as I do horror, really. And I thought, you know, I, at conventions, I had people come up and say, you got anything that's science fiction? And I go, no, not really. And I thought, you know what? I, I should probably venture into this realm of science fiction and do some stuff. I got some ideas. And so I thought, okay, what would I call it? You know, and I thought, you know, I was thinking around, just joking around, hey, how about Klingons from Uranus or something like that? And then I found out Klingons is a trademark name, you know, from Star Trek. But I thought, well, how about the thing from Uranus? You know, you know, like, you know, the thing from another world, the thing from Uranus. And two publishers I was talking to that were, you know, telling me, that, oh, that's great marketing. That's great marketing. They'll remember the title even if they don't buy it. People will laugh, but they'll they'll pick it up and they'll look at it. And I go, you know what? I think a, I think a title was born for this book. And I had, I don't know, probably half a dozen ideas for stories. And I just started writing it. I mean, as uh, I had a, a couple ideas, the story Dandelions I had some years ago as in a writer's group, and I kind of shelved the idea. And then I thought, you know, I got the idea in my head. Let's get started on it. And another story, a very fine specimen I had that I wrote in probably a week or so because it was just one of those, like Terry was saying, it's just one of those things you're in the zone and you write it. And it's like, okay, I like that one. And then there was a couple other ideas, Long Distance Traveler. I had that idea for a while. And, oh, Sarcophagus. Actually, and I, I have that to one, say, that is pretty gutsy of you to do that. What, to go into sci-fi? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Well, I don't I know. Mean, I just thought honestly, it's that is, I think a lot of the theme is... Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Terry. Especially when you're talking about, like, the high-tech sci-fi. I mean, I love sci-fi horror... Yeah. But, you know, I got to say, I'm a little scared to write sci-fi because there's so much technology and it's, it's got its own, like, terminologies and, you know, I, I don't know. I like more well, of, like, Alien, you know, the movie Alien. That well, I think it creature. comes down Is to, it? even if it's high, I think if it comes down to, even though it's high tech, you still got to have that human element. And I think one of my stories, um, uh, the Kelfan story that's in there, um, uh, it comes down to our... our Technology is getting more and more advanced, but we're still the same, you know, emotional animal as our descendants were, you know, our, you know, as our ancestors were. Pardon me, not descendants, ancestors. And I mean, we're basically we're a smarter naked ape, but we still have the emotions of greed, love, envy, jealousy, hatred. I mean, while our toys and weapons and technology improve, we're still kind of the same emotionally. So I kind of touched on that. I think most of my stories kind of dealt with the human condition in that regard because in the end it still comes down to you know humanity and how they deal with some of that stuff you know that's just me i'm not tech savvy either so 
what would you tell someone who hasn't, you know, who's going to read um, your new book? Would you tell them, would you compare it more to like the 50s sci-fi creature flicks or something other than that? Oh, I mean, kind of, I, I, Kind of, I think I had kind of a mix in there. I had like a couple of Twilight Zone type stories, and you know, others were just kind of. I had like Sarcophagus. I thought had more of a horror element. Um, Dandelions kind of had a War of the Worlds type thing. A um, couple others. Uh, so I'm trying good, to think. Uh, a good variety. Yeah, I think it, it kind of had my Actually, mix of what influenced really me. Which one was that? Which one did you like? The one where you were talking about the uh, 50 sci-fi, that was a really good question. I just wanted to point that out. Oh, okay. Oh, to me. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Francie. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, but I think it was kind of a mix, a meld of all the, from, you know, I mean, you, I'm kind of partial to the 50 sci-fi because I think that was the groundbreaking stuff. But then you got, like, the more, like, for everything from Star Wars to Predator to Aliens you know, that's also introduced a different form of aspect to it. You know, so I kind of, I guess I tried to meld them all in a sense because they all were kind of influential to me. I hope that's a good answer, I, you know. You know, what do you think? I mean, I, 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 I do have a question also because also you are going into this, new genre with sci-fi and you got the Star Trek fans, Star Wars, Star Wars versus Star Trek, who's better mm-hmm. and they pick everything apart like, oh wait, no, this creature didn't exist and is sci-fi books a bad thing to go into? You know who could answer that? Nicholas yeah. Grabowski. Yeah, I mean, that that depends uh, on the publisher, I guess. If Nick liked it, then I guess it isn't, you know? I mean, and, and I think I think Nick himself has written some uh Yeah. Uh, he horror. said he said give him one second, he'll he'll be here. But yeah, it's kind of like um he's got um he's he's done sci-fi, he's done everything and Everything is picked apart with like the sci-fi horror people. But it's funny because when you mention Star Trek and Star Wars fans and uh, kind of you know clashing, it's like, well, okay. I mean, I like them both. I mean, I think they're both one's a TV show series and one's a movie series. Really, they're not really competitive, but they can kind of. I mean, I think of like like the Beatles and the Stones in the '60s. I mean, the Beatles, I think, were better, but the Stones were number, close number two. I mean, you can appreciate both and like both a lot. I mean, you can't, you know, I don't see why you have to like one over the other. It can be, they both can be, you know, mutually it, it, it's influential. Kind of like that. It's kind of like that girl says, why can't you like them both? Yeah. I mean... You know, I, I I don't think you have to differentiate between the two, really. I mean, you can say, hey, I, I appreciate both of them, you know. Yeah. And I mean, 
So yeah, I mean, so yeah, and and honestly, I I I think Nick's calling in. Are you calling in, Nick? Okay, Nick's gonna call in. Yeah, and okay. here's the thing. I mean, all of you guys. I mean, Terry and Tom. You both have written so many books. Oh, you know, I don't know what else to do with my. You know, I, I, I don't. If I didn't write, I think I'd go nuts. I would know? say to the both, ask you both a question right now. What is your favorite book? What would you say is your favorite book? I don't know, Terry. What would you say? I'd probably say the thing that most people say, the book I'm writing right now. <laughs> That's kind of a cliche but answer, you, but I was going to say that, actually. You, yeah, yeah. Do you mean uh, or our books or others? I mean, yeah. Well, it's a favorite. Did you ask yeah. what was our favorite book that we had written or read? Like, I'm sorry, I missed it. Um, I don't know. What you What do you mean, Francie? If you guys were to pick one book that would uh, crewment from ourselves, from our uh, own books, for your career, what would it be? You mean from our own books? Yeah. Hmm. You want to answer that first, Terry? Uh, yeah, I'll go with the same thing. It's what I'm writing right now, definitely. Yeah, I think best. so, too. Yeah, I guess that just makes sense because the more you write, you know, the better you get at it, the more proficient. Yeah. So you you feel yeah, that way, so, at least. Yeah, yeah I think so, you, too. Uh, I... it... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I've got a question for Tom. Yeah, the more you, you pick. Sure. What is it, Terry? It, it was something that, you know, I'd been looking at your uh, page and everything on Facebook and different things, and I noticed you go, you attend a lot of conventions, and I was just curious about how many conventions do you attend a year, and do or do you mm. go as a seller or buyer or both? Um. Well, sometimes with other authors, I'll trade books with them and stuff, but I usually go as a kind of a an artist alley or as a vendor. So I mean, like uh, I this year is going to be a little. I'm going to have shoulder surgery in July, so I was going to kind of limit my summer convention scene. So um, I usually probably do about at least a half a dozen a year. Cool. Has I mean, it been motor- a good experience for you? Yeah, I mean, like Motor City Comic Con, I used to do that it was this weekend here in uh, Michigan. And uh, the problem is that I started when I first started going it was like a hundred dollars for a table, and they every year incrementally they raised the price. Now a table for artist alley is like over three hundred, and they took away a chair. So usually you used to get two chairs. Now you got to pay another seventy five dollars to have somebody sit there so you can go to the bathroom or whatever. And oh, that's unfortunate. You know, and then it costs fifty dollars, ten dollars to park, and forty to get in on a Saturday. And the last, the second to last year I did it, I sold 75 books that weekend. Then last year I did it, that's about three years ago, I sold 17. 
because they raised the price for the people to attend it. And I was like, no, this isn't good. So, but I do another one called Motor City Nightmares in April, where it's kind of more intimate. I mean, there's actors like William Forsythe and D. Wallace that show up almost every year, especially D. Wallace. And cool. I've got I, I traded William Forsythe uh, some of my books for a couple of his autographs, and he goes, "Oh, I'm a fan of your work." Wow. So it's like he, he goes, "I really." He's an avid reader, and he likes you know he reads when he's at, you know in the evening and stuff, and. He, yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool. You you know, give them a book and maybe you know. Yeah, you when know. they're when they're traveling like that, you know, the hotel yeah. rooms and everything and the stays. Yeah, that's yep. cool. Has, is has the conventions been a good way for you personally to uh, kind of network with new people in the industry? Yeah, I think so I think it has been. I mean, even Dee Wallace uh, uh, traded me an autograph in one of her books one time for one of mine and all that, and I was actually telling her about uh, my future idea for uh, uh, I want to do a tribute to Rod Serling in the Twilight Zone called In Rod We Trust. And she goes, oh, I want to see that next year. I got to have a copy. So it's like, okay, I guess I got to push that one up real quick, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, that's definitely a motivation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's like I guess I'll have to push back my uh, – novel idea the werewolves of Dracul about an SS unit going into Transylvania in the early part of World War II back, you know, toward the end of the year and do this one and get this one started. You know, so it's like, yeah, I kinda I, I find that you know, and I do a lot of smaller shows like uh, this next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I'm going up to Traverse City called Cherry Con. I haven't been up there yet, but I was told by people in Alpena, Michigan, that do they go up there that I would do well up there because my a lot of my books are based in Michigan, so you know, and they like that. So it's like Northern Michigan, I do pretty well up there because a lot of my stuff takes place up there, you know, and it's it and they like the fact that you know I do base a lot of stuff in Michigan, most of it, or the Great Lakes region, and um, I mentioned places that we're all familiar with in our state, so and. It's funny because I did Motor City Nightmares in April. I had somebody, and this was in Novi, Michigan, which is in the metro Detroit area. I had somebody came from Sheboygan, Traverse City, and God, what's the third one that was up north? I had like six people that had came down to this show, buy books, and said, oh, we'll see you up there. You know, So it's like once you get, I think 60% or better of my sales are repeat customers, so. You know, so it's it's I've fared well at these conventions. I figured if you you know it's a good way to get your name out there, and I've done consistently better every year for a while. I mean, now it's kind of leveled off for a bit, but you know, sometimes that's the economy and everything like that. But that's so yeah, that's so yeah, been a good those repeat customers, repeat customers, yeah. then turn into uh, you know word of mouth, and it spreads out. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, the best compliment I ever had was somebody came from Manitoba, Canada to Motor City Comic Con in Novi, Michigan about, I want to say, five or six years ago. They drove 17 hours, I guess, to get to Michigan, and they came to my table first to buy Dark Harbor. They'd read Shadows in the Dark before it, and they go, I want to get a copy. I want to come to your table first. And uh, Will you take a picture with me? And they go, I'll take as many as you want with me. You drove that far to come to my table first? And you're going to get celebrities' autographs after that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, gladly. 
you know, I mean, that's that's oh, yeah. what's kind of cool about doing conventions because you can talk to people and they get to know you and you get to know, you know, they, you know. I mean, I've had people come. They look for what do you got this year? What do you got this year? And it's like, wow, that's that's flattering. That's that's what's great about conventions because once they get familiar with you, they keep they come back, especially if they like your stuff. So I highly recommend it. I mean, you can build up a fan base and everything. I mean, it's you know, it's it's really flattering and humbling and everything. I mean, so this is true. Conventions are great. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. How's it going, Nick? Oh, pretty good. I was just listening. Uh, A funny thing, uh, I um, hardly uh, get out much, but it looks like next uh, month I'm going to be over at Sinister Creature Con as I'm making arrangements with the guy, uh, uh, Tim, that that runs it. Um, Actually, Derek Muck, who's uh, uh, one of our authors uh, with uh, Demon Seeds, um, he's uh, kind of uh, from Southern California. He told me that he was going to be there, and I went, "Really? Oh well, okay. Let me see what I can do about that." Uh, so I, uh, I wrote to uh, wrote to the guy that runs the convention, and it looks mm-hmm. like that uh, they have one table left that somebody didn't show up or, or isn't going to be there, and it's going to be right kind of in front of uh, Doug Bradley, <laughs> Ashley Lawrence, Bonnie um, Quigley, uh, Kane Hodder. And uh, and a bunch of other ones. So that's you know, it looks like that's going to be sweet. So I asked how much yeah. that's going to be, and I'll take it. So I'm waiting to hear mm-hmm. back. So it's not cool. set in stone yet, but it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah talk about conventions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, conventions yeah. are good. It's a, it's it's good to get out and actually plug your stuff in person. People like, you yeah. know, the the uh, they love uh, that exchange. Right? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just on internet all the time, because you see ads, you see people plugging their books all the time on social media mm-hmm. and stuff. But if it's face to face, that's what makes the Halloween stuff that we do here like really great too, because that's a face to face thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel honestly I get taken though, because the part of the point is for them to remember us, and you know come back online, buy more books or, or whatnot. And they don't really do that. <laughs> it seems like they just. They show up for the free books and, and for everything else and the hoopla and the candy and the mm-hmm. bright lights and stuff. And then they forget about us until next year. <laughs> Sometimes I yeah. think that. But, I mean, you still got to do that anyway. I mean, you know, even with conventions, even if you go to a convention, which I'm sure that we all probably have. I, I, I don't know if uh, Terry uh, goes as much as you do, Tom, but um, – um, I mean, there's conventions where you're kind of twiddling your thumbs. There's not very many people, and you're going, what is this? But the point is that you're there. Mm-hmm. So and plus, they get to know you as an author. They, can, they get to know you as an author, too, and know you kind of you get to talk about your back. Hey, where are you from, and what do you do? And, you know, well, how do you, you know, I, you, know you tell them all about yourself and where you base your books or what each one's about and where it kind of takes place, and they kind of get an interest, and, you know, it's a big help. I recommend like like I in June I do like a, a local historical society event that's in my hometown and I get you know people coming every year um, to that and but like like I said Motor City Nightmares and and all that well I mean the best year you know I I have people come every year what do you got this year what do you got this year and um, this year I had different people come from up north that came down and everything. And uh, the my best the best time I had at a convention I had a booth, and I, uh, Nick you remember this I was across from William Shatner, um, 
Carl Urban, and God, I can't think of who else. There were pretty big names, in, but I was directly across from William Shatner wow. in my booth, in his booth. And Wow. Yeah, I ended up selling out of books that weekend. I mean, I, I had a good weekend. Wow, I bet. You know, because so. uh, oh, William Shatner is getting all of that, all the people coming over there. And then they just kind of, while they're waiting, they turn around, they look around, they see you. <laughs> yeah, and they get the overflow. I mean, I had, you know, you know, that's basically, you know, yeah, you get the overflow and they'll start talking to you. I mean, I had a couple of local uh, TV reporters and all that that were just standing there waiting in line because they were fans of Star Trek and William Shatner. And I was like, oh, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I have to, yeah, I have to look you up and all this. And oh, I, after I get his autograph, I'll be back, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of helps to be there because people do get, you know, they go there to they just get autographs, but they check out, they buy things and stuff. Right. So I would recommend, Terry, I'd recommend if you can do them, you know, I mean, I wouldn't put out a lot of money, you know, I'll do smaller shows that are less money and then kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why after that. I kind of wanted, wanted to get someone who, you know, frequents that, get kind of their perspective mm-hmm. on it. And I probably need to come out of my shell and start doing that more. And I know Nick is a publisher, always encourages his authors to attend conventions and get out there and promote and do that, which is, you know, how it should be. But yeah, thank you, oh, you for know. sharing that with me. Yeah. You know, it, it like it reminds me too. There's this, um, I got an email like the other week, uh, from a, um, a bookstore. Uh, I think it's in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not Dunking sure if it's in, I'd have to I'd have to look it up, but um, it uh, it was like a cordial letter, and it uh, I got the feeling that maybe it, uh, they sent the same thing out to a lot of other publishers, but they're saying that they uh, um, they were trying to get some author book signings in their store, but uh, the, I guess the author or authors that they contacted said we're not allowed to. You have to go to the publisher and ask their permission first. Uh, something crazy like that. Um, and uh, so I, I'm going to like um, uh, see what that's about more and see if I could direct, uh, uh, you know, any of you that are close by in the area to actually have a signing there. But I, I think that that's ridiculous. I've heard of publishers that do that too. And it's like, dude, if you go, I said, dude, didn't I? Uh, you go, hey, hey, hey um, uh, I mean, it's to the publisher's benefit because it sells yeah. books that you go to a convention or, or a book signing in the first place. You don't need their permission. I mean, the permission is in the in the in the relationship that you have together, and that you know we're in this together. Let's sell some books. <laughs> do, do you think? You know? Do you think possibly that maybe because of the climate of the world today, the political correctness and such, that maybe if you're flying under their banner, they kind of want to make sure that you're not out there like doing something crazy or dis- misrepresenting them, I guess, or they're just not, like you said, probably in touch with the authors. It's probably a real disconnect yeah. there. Yeah. I can't imagine any conspiracy theories that people would get out of anything mm-hmm. like that. But uh, <laughs> I, unless, just a- I mean, it depends on the content of the book. I mean, if it's a book about mm-hmm. terrorism or like the anarchist cookbook, which I used to have, by the way, <laughs> uh, then that's a different story, <laughs> but we're talking fiction here. Um, right. <laughs> well, I think it's maybe just a control yeah. thing. I mean, you know, myself. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Yeah. But, um, 
It just I, I think the some of the best marketing you could do is have the author out there. I mean, you're you're selling your stuff. I mean, they might be the publisher and everything, but you're trying to help make it you you got a vested interest in it since you put your poured your heart, soul and time into it. You know. I just think yeah, that's exactly. foolish. Yeah. So and uh, you know, some some authors over the years tell me, okay, what um what do I need to do or why might specifically why my book isn't selling? And a lot of times I would like go to me, like I'm not doing enough. Um, and that's the way that I feel all the time that I'm not doing enough. I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm not like, you know, you know, um, Eeyore or anything about it, but um, uh, still that's the first thing that I usually go to, but the reality mm-hmm. also is, okay, what is the author himself doing too? Are you just sitting there and and not even doing anything on on social media or, or nothing? That's not going to work out for you. You got to do something yourself, you know. And uh, it's an opportunity too that your book is out now. You got a book. You got something to sell mm-hmm. the people. Go sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's just as simple as that. Uh, and yeah. you know, some people just still wonder, but you know, you got to put in the effort too. And that is. Like, you know, yeah. going out to make appearances, uh, do things on social media and blah, blah, blah. So do interviews online and, you know, all that. So do you, do you, wow. feel, do you feel like the new generation, the new audience, do you feel like they're just not reading print? They're reading in general anymore? Have, do you get that sense? Is it Has there been a change throughout the years? No, I think people like to read uh, books. I, I think when they go on vacation, like I, I tell them, like, some of the conventions, but biggest ones are like April, May. And, but, you know, Hey, you got, you I offer deals where the more you buy, basically the cheaper it is, but, um, you got summer reading, you know, you can go on vacation, you can take a book with it, you know, you know, who wants to look at a iPad all the time. I mean, the screen after a while kind of, you know, but you want, you get, it's more portable. It's, and I find people do think that way, or they think they're good presence or, you know, you know, I think, you know, if they're driving in the car, they might want something they can listen to. But when they're there relaxing and all that, you're there, you're relaxing with a book, you know, in summer vacationing or, you know, a trip or something, you know. I think I got a good answer to that question, too, Terry. Uh, and it just boils down to, and I thought this the other day, too, is um, with so many people watching Game of Thrones they ain't reading. <laughs> They're watching TV. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, but people are drawn. People like to be told stories and pretty much mm-hmm. however way they like to. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, um, that don't necessarily read, that all they do is just go to movies, watch TV, and, and be told stories that way. But um, uh, And I think that they probably need a little bit of a kick in the rear uh, because reading is a good thing. It actually stimulates the brain. It does so many good things for you mentally. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it, it's also good as an author to not just encouraging people to read your book, but encouraging people to read in general. Um, and, you know, uh, I think it's just as simple as that. And, and you can look at it in a nutshell, like with everybody watching Game of Thrones or something, how can they be reading and watching that? Um, uh, pe- there's a lot of people that prefer like visual stimulation over something more cerebral, like reading a book, because you have to 
visualize what the words are, what's being told to you while you're reading it. And, uh, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think people read just as much as they always have. I think people would read a lot better if they, mm-hmm. if there was no such thing as movies and, and there was such a time where more people read because there's no TV and, um, and that that is in a way competition. Uh, so, uh, I, I think that just the key to that is just to get people interested in reading in general and not watching so much stuff, even though that's good too, but there's a time and a place for that. I have to tell myself that all the time because I want to read more. I want to start reviewing books again too, because it's great. I used to get like all kinds of free books from people saying, review my book. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of want that back a little bit. I have to learn how to do that. I hardly have time. I end up watching like, um, uh, 70s slasher films right before I go to bed and I got a little library and that's my time where I sit down and I actually watch something. Uh, hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off now on that. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's... <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you in part, but I still think it comes down to a lot of people, I mean, like, you know, like, like, I mean, like, music CDs are popular, but I got a lot of people going back to buying records now, so I think there's a lot of time, thing, I think people... Yeah, they like the visual. So if you can write visually, that helps. And if they can, you know, let them re- read a little bit of your book and everything, and see, or you know, they'll, I tell them to pick it up, look at it, look through it. Um, and if they uh, like it, you know, hey, you know, that that helps too. Oh, and Terry, also, I also would recommend arts and craft shows. Sometimes they're very inexpensive, but it offers people. You might be sometimes you're the only author there, and it gives people a chance to look at. You know, hey, this guy's got something here, you know, so he gets you a different audience, too. Oh, that's cool, but yet it still kind of fits into that, yeah. Yeah. You're, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to think outside of the box. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure that uh, uh, I posted this a lot, uh, like, a handful of years ago when I did it, but, like, uh, when I did the signing at the pizza place at Mountain Mike's Pizza, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that was a little outside of the box. That didn't quite work, though, because nobody <laughs> cared. <laughs> so, but you, you got to, you know, try and think outside the box. You never sometimes. know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pizza place. Well, I mean, I've done I, a couple I, of book I, release parties at a bar, so I mean, that's kind of, you know, I did it in conjunction with the oh, Halloween yeah. party that I was throwing. So, you know, that, you know, it, if you have an event with it, that kind of helps too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. You know, this this will probably uh, uh, nudge your noggins a little bit, but I I haven't heard of this before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been getting this idea lately because of I think it's mostly inspired by the Halloween events that I have here. But thinking of having other events like uh, a summer event or something or like low key events and call them micro conventions. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, be cool. set out like tables in in the backyard layout, like one here, one there, like uh, you know, put a little ambiance into it and stuff, and and invite people over, and uh, it would be like a book fair or something, but uh, like a micro convention. And that that That's word keeps getting stuck in my head. But yeah, I, I think every time I do the Halloween thing, I keep thinking. I don't really have to get out much because they come to me if I want them to. What about a halfway to Halloween? And they do. You know? Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, just like a book, so a book halfway fair to Halloween. or something. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately, oh, I won't be able to get around Jerry. to doing it this year. Because this year, uh, this year, while I'm gardening and doing stuff out here, I'm slowly kind of preparing uh, to expand for this Halloween. So in a way, I guess you could say I already started <laughs> preparing for Halloween already. So, anywho. Yeah. yeah, book events are good too, Terry. So, I mean, but you probably already know that. So, you yeah. know, but anything that can get yeah. you out there that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, I would recommend. I mean, you know, you, you get people that are curious and interested, and well, that's that's what helps sales too. I I do believe that. I mean, you um, you just you know they get to meet you, talk to you, and a lot of times it's you know, you know you help sell your own product. So, but yeah, I love doing conventions. Right? And maybe get some writing ideas, some story ideas in the process, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Going out and doing those things, it, it can be an adventure. You could run into all kinds of people, and you know, stuff to like, uh, stuff to write home about. You know, uh, yeah. I, I've done that before too. That Halloween, um, Michael Myers uh, anniversary convention that I was at that one time, I, I wrote a short story based on that called The Fallen, and uh, uh, that that was that was based on something at a convention. Um, so yeah, I could write about anything though, but, uh, that's yeah. a good experience. Yeah. In fact, I made reference to you doing, I wrote a story in, uh, from paradise to hell called the Countess Corridess. And I made reference to all those vampire, how they could kind of get some of the, you know, to not kill them, but to drink enough blood from some nerds that they might, the vampire might seduce at these conventions to, you know, or, you know, <laughs> at the after party or something, you know, <laughs> But um, so I mean, this I, I'm doing a convention this Memorial Day weekend called Traverse City Cherry Con, and not to brag, I, I have a classmate friend of mine from high school who is the program manager at WKLT up in Traverse City. They're going to interview me at 9:20 Friday morning. So you know, I sent him a bunch of books about a month ago to so they could read them and everything, and so she's going to have me on. So I'll be giving uh publicity to me and black bed sheet books and you know like cool. and your new book like the thing from uranus in the morning to get up there pardon oh wow yeah and your new book the thing from uranus too hopefully yeah, i'll take hopefully a copy it'll show up by then yeah so i'm i'm yeah, watching open. out fervently on for emails uh saying that it's on they're on their way so but yeah yeah no what's that yeah, it's it's the next day or so that it arrives that's where they can find yeah. it, Tom, right? Black, yeah. black bed sheet books for people who have yep. never read your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I also tell them yeah. Amazon, too, just in case. They go, are you on Amazon? Yeah. I tell them that. And I go, but I have the cards printed out of, uh, you know, the, from I still have them from uh, Shadows in the Dark, but I go, you can get my other stuff there, too. So, you know, but, yeah, that's kind of, that's what else uh, is cool about convention. Like you said, yeah, it's a good networking thing and all that so i'm hoping that you know some of the bookstores up in traverse city and everything want to get interested too yeah, so, yeah before I, I before i called in uh, i i was listening to you guys talk about uh, uh how it's uh good to like when you see somebody uh, and, uh that's uh, also a special guest or something there uh, and you can swap 
books with them or, or, you know, you give them free copies and, and, you know, sell yourself that way. That's, uh, that's, that's great. That's, uh, that's one thing that uh, you should do. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I got a lot of the, um, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Photographs of uh, um, uh, a lot of special guests that, that are signed that's on my walls. I, I mostly got from swapping books, like walking up to them, talking about my book, and then saying, hey, I'll give you a free copy if you uh, give me one of these photos and, you know, sign it for me. And mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah. So that that always helps, and then they come yeah, out I, and then uh, they read it too. So uh, one yeah, guy has uh, foresight and Dee Wallace as fans of mine now. So as my writing, so of the books. So oh yeah, yeah, she's really good. She has uh, some of my books too. As a matter of fact, uh, Diverse Tales, the first collection that I had, uh, I got a, a a a blurb from her for that because I met her at a convention. <laughs> and gave it to her. So yeah, I gave her a yeah, copy well, from Paradise to Hell to read on the plane on the way back this year. So oh, cool. So if everything works out my... too, uh, uh, Linnea Quigley uh, at the Sinister Creature Con next month, she actually says Chop House makes me scream. Speaking of blurbs, yes, she does. Or, you know Terry Terry's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's hard to do. It's hard to make her scream. Cool. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I figure if you could entertain stars like that, then, you know, you've done your job pretty well. So congratulations, Terry. That's good. You know? Oh, thanks, Tom. No problem, man. I, I, I figure, you know, hey, we're all in this together. So that's, you know, that's, you know, every, you know, we all learn from each other too, you know? So, but, um, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, I do recommend conventions. Uh, book fairs, arts and craft shows, whatever you can, you know, you know, some some might, you know, you have to do a couple times to see if it's worth it, but you know, and all that. But it's it's fun to get to meet people and they get interested. I mean, um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this one coming up this weekend. You'll find some conventions have a selection process right. too. So, all right. The coolest people you guys have met throughout your career. Hmm. Coolest people I've met. Well, for me, it's got to be Nicholas and Francie. I mean, come on. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest people well, you guys have actually met. I mean, fine, because you you got this reputation, and you got this good reputation, and that's a good thing. That's why they're saying, hey, come to our conventions. Hmm. Come on, coolest hmm. people you met. Besides I'm horrible me and with Nick. it. The, the few times that I've gone to the conventions and met, you know, famous people or people that I consider famous, it, it's been my girlfriend like pushing me forward and slapping me and saying, talk, say oh, something. I'm, I'm st- I become starstruck. I really do. Because You're doing a Nick answer again. Come on. Coolest person <laughs> you've ever met. The coolest person. Do you have one on the top of your head, Tom? 
Well, actually, I got kind of a story I'm to tell there. Um, um, I was talking with William Forsythe, and he was standing next to uh, Fred Williamson. And this is at Motor City Nightmares about three years ago. Fred Williamson, William Forsythe, and um, God, I can think of the guy that played Charles Manson in the Helter Skelter TV series. Steve Reels Oh, back. my gosh. I love that. Steve Reels back. Show. And we were all standing yeah. there talking in a yeah. conversation like we were, uh, well, we were on equal Speaking footing of or something. Life Force. Yeah. yeah, he was in life. Yeah, course. yeah. And we're we're talking about that, and uh, um, it was it was pretty cool. And then uh, um, that was just you know cool. we're standing there talking, you know, like we were just. I mean, they were they were treating me like you know, hey, hey, how's it going, buddy? You know, and they're talking and just talking away like we're we could have had beers together and just sitting there talking. And it wasn't necessarily about writing. I went over to talk talk to Liam Forsythe, and they were both in the they were, they were all three of them were next to each other at tables and. You know, they're all talking together like, you know, hey, we're colleagues or something. And that, that was kind of – that's one of the cooler things that's ever happened to me there, you know. So – and then I asked Steve Rails back, well, how did – how was it like to play Manson and everything, you know, and all that. And, you know, and he was telling me his way of acting and everything. That is really and, a tough character to play because how many times has Manson mm-hmm. been replicated? I just, you know – I just um it was just it was just cool. I mean Fred the Hammer Williamson, I mean he's kind of a legend. I mean he's just um although I have to say at another route I went to a Pam Greer film festival at the Redford Theater in the Detroit area, so I got to meet her in person, got a picture taken with her. And uh, she was kinda of one of my first movie crushes, so you know. That was kinda of cool too, so you know. Oh. Uh, but that that conversation with Steve Rillsbeck, William Forsythe, and Fred Williamson, we were just sitting there, standing there talking, and, you know, they didn't know me from Adam, really, but they were just, William and Forsythe introduced me to him and shook hands, and we were just talking away about, you know, films yeah, those and, and stories. And, those encounters are the definition of cool. Yeah. So. You guys, you guys I guess here, Mike, Nick, um, don't get offended. You guys want to hear my number one crush? Sure. And I interviewed sure. him. Yeah. Courtney Mick. Go for it. Who? Parker Lewis. Uh, no, no, he was not Parker Lewis. Courtney uh, Mick can't lose. Uh, no, Parker Lewis can't lose. Parker Lewis can't lose. The TV series, the short lived t- TV series. Show. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then when I got interviewing Cornemic, he called me after the show. He called my cell phone. I'm like, hello? Yeah. And he was like, best interview I ever had. David Faustino will call you tomorrow to schedule a show. I'm like, huh? And what about your mention on Howard Stern? That was a real hit. He, he seemed like a nice guy because he had Motor City Nightmares a few years ago, too. Huh? He seemed like a nice guy because he was at Motor City Nightmares, too. Didn't he play in the stand? He played David the Foster, one guy. Yeah, I, no, yeah, he's talking about Howard Stern. Oh, yeah, what about oh, your, uh, your mention on the Howard Stern yeah, show? Yeah, he was, was awesome. probably the best story we ever had. 
he okay. pranked us like five times. Oh, he's the guy that was talking about the his private parts. Yeah, something I remember like that. Show. I was on the air with him. And I thought he was. I thought it was some nut. But so, by the way, Tom, <laughs> it was. Tom, you were the one who said, "Why was we on?" Was that? Where was we on? Yeah, why was I on the? Uh, Hey, hey guys! I'm gonna I'm gonna head out for a second because I got to give my dad okay. his medication. So yeah, okay. so if I don't talk to you, yeah, then I'll, I'll I, talk I, to you I, online. I, it was I good, Nick. Need okay. okay. All righty, yeah. guys. Yeah, I think we do gotta call it quits. Oh, I gotta give my dad his medication. Okay. I know, okay. and I gotta help you. Okay, I love you guys. Oh, that's it. All, All right, Francie. Right. Hey, Terry, good talking to you. Don't be a stranger, man. You we'll too. talk on Facebook. Oh, wait. Yeah, we'll right that now. is a great question. Uh, where can we find you? Tom, do you have a, a official website? Uh, Yeah, I got a kind of um, – I got a couple of them. I have uh, one that's uh, – tell you what, I'll post them on Facebook and everything and – Show them to you, but it's basically, uh, you know, https tom sawyer author dot wixsite dot com, uh, right angled slash tom sawyer. So, tom sawyer author dot wixsite dot com. So, you know, that's one of them. I have another one that's with another publisher that they wanted separately. And I don't have that information right now in front of me, but that's the main one I have right now. And of course, and I'm on Facebook a lot. I have, yeah, and I'm on bedsheet books. I have Tom Sawyer writer on Facebook too. So Uh, very gifted writer. Well, thank you. What are you working on, Terry? Before we go, um, what am I working on? It's kind of a secretive thing. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to fully speak on it or not, but I don't know if you had heard uh, Nick mention before that uh, one of his um, earlier novels, uh, the early 90s, he had written it. Uh I'm doing a a reimagining of it. Oh, okay, cool. Great project. That is the Ragman. So that's in the works. He's actually really excited about that project. And honestly, well, his, he keeps talking about that, and he's actually really excited that you're doing that. Awesome! I'm excited. His original novel was is excellent. I don't, I haven't spoken to him in length about it. I don't know if it was ever print in print. It might have been. He's, um, I think he's maybe under- honestly, Terry. He has spoken to me about it, and he's. That was one of the things, too. And Terry, I mean, Tom, uh, that was one of the things um, he was saying. Terry's doing this, and, yeah, he's really excited about it. And yeah, and I'm throwing a lot one of... One thing that Nick said lot. also, 
I can't express to you guys how much he loves you guys. No, thank you. I appreciate it's him too. Love him too. Company yeah. with him. It's actually friendship and love with him. Uh-huh. Not yeah, I feel the same way. Did Both of you. <laughs> yeah, same way. Same here. Just, it's an honor and privilege. Yeah. <laughs> he actually hey, loves every one of his authors. Francie, before you send us off, please play that um, commercial again. The Black Bedsheets book. Uh, uh, the Black Betsy book. I gotta hear that again. I will. Mm. All right. Yeah. I I I I asked him. I was like, "How did you not cough?" I mean, uh, <laughs> let's have the two of you shout it out. Black Betsy books. Black Betsy books. Black Betsy books. Black books. No, I just. Yeah. Nick put this show together, and he wanted you two together because he loves you guys. Well, right. thank He's you. He's inside giving his dad medication, but honestly, he he. Okay, here we go. From the publishers of Michael Myers, Forrest Ackerman, and Vincent Price. Original Blood Pump. Heart in Your Throat. From the number one publisher of its kind. Black Bed Sheets Book! Down Black Bed Sheets Book. Check out our author's book at Black Bed Sheets Book! Black Bed Sheets Book. Black Bed Sheets Book! Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball! You want the world's best in independent horror fiction. Downwarden.com, Black Bed Sheets Store. Black Bed Sheet! Bed Sheet Book! <laughs> Classic. And <laughs> Nick's Classic. out of here, he's laughing now. Yeah. Yeah. He says thank That's you. That's classic. <laughs> well, thanks for having us on, Francie. Yes. So. Are you there? Yeah, I'm hoping to have uh, in Rod we trust uh, for next year or something like that, you know? Uh, that would be awesome. I'd like to do a tribute to Rod Serling. He's the guy that influenced me to be a writer, so. That would, Nick even said that would be awesome. So let's do it. Is Terry still there? Terry, you still there? I'm still with you. Okay. Who is your biggest influence writing-wise? I forgot to ask you that. I'm just curious. Um, Oh. What made you want to become a writer? I've always... Want it to be a writer, I would say, even though, you know, it took me a while to actualize it and begin doing it. I mean, I remember as a child, like, trying to do, you know, some, start writing a short story or a novel. But I think once I started writing, it was like shortly after I was getting published in uh, various uh, anthologies and magazines and stuff, I started reading Richard Lehman and I, like, connected immediately. I was like, God, you know, he, he writes what I want to write. He writes the kind of the way I think I write. And I guess it would have to be Richard Lehman if you've read any of his work. 
It's got everything that I like in horror. And all his books. Cool. Unfortunately, he passed away. Let me ask you this, because we are on After Hours now. Now, you know, you're writers, and let me ask you this. Did you think that you would, like, make, because me personally, my nieces, I I wrote a book, and they were like, hey, we're going to be millionaires. No, I I just that never thought that. I just, it'd be nice, but. You were just like, no, that's not going to happen. I just, I just want to write and then have someone enjoy it, you know, and just yeah. keep doing it and. What happens happens that's after that, but what we write for you're absolutely right, Terry. That's what you write for. You don't. Yeah. My job is to entertain. First foremost, that's the main, That's the first foremost, probably only rule is to entertain. That's why I write. And, yeah, I, and, I, and, and I write what I you're like. You're not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter how many readers you get. It's and they'll they'll like your page. They'll like everything about you, but let's face it, you just want them to read your words. Yeah. And the more the better, but I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. The more the better, but I mean, you know, I I write for myself first and then if I get a fan base, that's, that's great. You know, everything else is a cherry on the gravy and cherry on top, so to speak. Dude, that is you know. probably that is probably one of the best answers ever. You know, it's kind of like that was awesome. Well, thank you. You're awesome. And would you agree with that, yeah. Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I, you you're, know, you're right for yourself you and to entertain. You know, exactly. You, you don't want to be a boring like writer. You write. Show. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I appreciate this show because it's a nice uh, addition to putting your writing out there and talking about it and everything too. It's a good, you know, it's a good. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Um, addition, a good uh, um, marketing tool, so to speak, too. You know. But here's the thing, also, on the same page, you guys are so honest with everything that you do that I want you guys on this show. Well, thank you. You guys are so honest. I mean, come on, we did the Pokemon show. You know how people, I mean, everything that we do, ask you to. uh, put your favorite quotes down or such or things, you know, quotes that inspire you and things like that. And one of my favorite is like, I took it, you know, it's taken from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Don't dream it, be it. And that, yeah, I like I that. That's great. On that. Dude, that's Don't dream beautiful. it, be it. You know what? I'm going to type that in my Facebook you are it, you know? Because if you're doing it, you, that's what you are. And then, that's what you got to do. Don't. I mean, we all have our insecurities, our moments of doubt, and all that. But ultimately, if it's what you love to do, and 
it excites you, you're going to do that. And you're going to be good at it. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you tend to do like that? that? That's a great quote. And that can apply to I just to typed that into my Facebook writing. thing. Yeah. It's always been one of my favorites. Uh, I think that's going to become one of mine too, Terry. Thanks for sharing that because I like that one. That's that's That sums it up. That sums it up, you know. Well, I'm going to get yeah. off of here because it's really late on my yeah. in my world. But it was great yeah, being on the show, Francie. Thank you so much. I love it was you great guys. talking to Tom. Yeah, love you too. Great talking to you, Terry. Hey, it was, it was really rewarding and fun and enjoyed it. Hopefully we can do it again soon, man. All right, keep in touch. You too, I will. Take care, man. Keep writing. And I'll cut out too, Francie. Thanks for having us on. It was really fun. I I, I appreciate having you guys on. Thank you, guys. Yep. Paul Nick said thanks too. He says thank you. All right. Good night. I'll see you next time. <laughs>